Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Today is part two of my talk with David Moleto. That's right. Remember, this is all about you having a primary resource. I'm a big fan of this. As a former history teacher, one of the things that I like to do is teach kids how to use primary source documents and the difference between primary and secondary source information. And the cool thing here is I've got David. He was a young kid in the mid to late 50s. He's a teenager in the mid 60s, and he's off to college and in he has to deal with the draft and all that sort of stuff in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And so we're talking about all that kind of stuff. And plus, along those lines, he's also an artist. And uh, maybe one of you can uh, know somebody who might be able to help him with this big work he's he's got going. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. <laughs> You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking with my Uncle David again. That's David Moleto. He's an artist. He's that cool uncle that I always wanted to hang out with. He's an awesome uh, cook. Um, just wait. Uh, we're we're going to try and get into a little bit about that today. And he's an incredible creator and thinker. And uh, I'm glad I've got him here today talking about uh, growing up in the uh, 50s and 60s. Today we're specifically focused on 64 to 67, although we might go a little backwards from that area. But uh, glad to have you back, David. Say hi to everybody. Good morning or afternoon where you are at. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here again. And what I'd like to do is, you know, last time we kind of left off uh, with the tragedy of uh, Kennedy and the and the, bef- before that, the, the world worried about coming to an end because of uh, the Soviet Union and the U.S. Um, kind of going, you know, at, at the possibility of uh, blowing each other up over the Cuban Missile Crisis and, uh, you know, lots of uh, wild things happening there. And so what I'd like to do, that's that's before high school. So 64 to 67, we're talking about high school times. And uh, what I'd like to do is uh, just let's kind of get into you in high school for a little bit here. Did you go to a public school or a parochial school? And uh, what's that first memory that comes to mind when you think about high school? And just to remind everybody, Rory, he, he was growing up in the Chicago area in, in this time. I went, I went to two, two high schools, freshman and sophomore year, I was in co-ed and junior and senior year, we moved and I was in all guys. Um, what was my first memory of, what was my memory of? Well, before we go, um, let me, before we go back from that, let me, let me first get, ask you this. So what was that? I mean, what, <laughs> what was that kind of like? You kind of have the, you were, you said one was co-ed and one wasn't. Um, right. I was, you know, and, and, you know, was it just, uh, did you live in, uh, did you live at school or did you come home and, uh, go no, I back? I came home. Okay. Yeah, no, I, came, I came home. Um, um, of the two, I preferred all guys. Um, we had our, our teachers, um, were, were brothers and priests who used to teach at Georgetown University. And we now we had them. They were they were. I mean, from an educational point of view, it was lights out. I mean, they it was it was they were tough, um, and you learned lots. 
Uh, and it was there, like I said, there was also an interesting dynamic with with the all guy school. Um, things that you probably couldn't do today because somebody go crying to somebody. <laughs> um, if if you got in trouble with and and you were taken to the dean of men. Um, there were, and I heard, I heard there were a couple of guys that tried this. Uh, if you don't, didn't want to do the, uh, the, the detention, um, you could go into the gym after school. They'd lock the doors. You'd put on the boxing gloves and the two of you would have at it. I mean, if you thought you were tough enough, there was, um, one was this big burly Irish um, priest, and the other one was this little Italian guy. You didn't want, you did not want to take on either one of these men because they would kick your butt. Um, and I did hear stories of a couple of guys that tried and they got their butts kicked. It was like, don't think you're so tough. Nice. Um, and and that I mean, and that that was kind of cool. I mean, you were you were treated like a kid. Um, they made you respect responsible for your actions uh, high school my, my first two years of high school was almost like an extension of grade school because it's where I grew up so most of the people that I knew in when I was a freshman in high school I knew from grade school so there was never I, I, I let me let me preface high school a little bit with with this I, I come off of this one thought when it comes to high school. When I hear people say it was the best time of their life, all I think of is how boring has your life been? <laughs> I think high school is highly overrated. I understand that you fumble and, and, and you sort of have to sort of find your way through this thing, but I, I just think it's way overrated. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and I didn't then, it was just, it was high school. So, but. We did, and, and I understand that a lot of people are trying to get validated. They want to become part of a group. They want to become part of, to use the, the, the term, a clique. From my freshman and sophomore year in high school, I didn't have to go. I didn't go through that because we knew one another since like second grade. Uh, a dear friend of mine who recently died. I knew Stephen since we were like, what, seven, eight, nine years old. So when you get into high school, it's not like you don't know the guy. Um, the thing that I had to deal with when I was in, when I was a freshman is I was a little guy. I was like, I was five, four for like ever. Um, and being small when I was a freshman, there were people who would, to use the term, I never thought of it at the time, but since it's the term of the day, would try to bully me. Like they would try to smash me into the lockers kind of stuff. And there was one guy who used to try to do this and I'm just the wrong guy to deal with that. Just cause I'm little doesn't mean I'm <laughs> going to take your garbage. And that to me is how you deal with punks like that is if you stand up to them, they will run because they're basically cowards. And I would see them coming. And when I was 13, I start, I was playing hockey and I would see them coming and I could, I, it was just really obvious what they were going to try to do to me and i would just sidestep them and give them a hip into the wall so instead of me going into the locker they did and after like two or three times of that they eventually stopped because they knew they couldn't do it there was a guy um we were in gym class and he looked at me and he said get in the locker 
because this is um, an R-rated show, I won't tell you what I told him. But I said, I said no. I said, you get in the locker. And I just stood up to him. I grabbed my stuff, and I said, you want to get in it? You get in it. I'm leaving. I got to go to class. Goodbye. And walked away. Um, but outside of that, that's, you know, all I got. Gotcha. That, and what I'm – that's good stuff. I appreciate you sharing that. We, you know, one of the things that I was asking about is like if somebody were to say to you, um, you know, I liked high school or, or I remember high school. And what I meant by first memory is what's the thing that pops into your head? If, if somebody were to say. It ended. It, it ended. Senior, <laughs> senior, year, senior year was fun. Um, there were. There were four guys who I was really close with um, and almost. Almost like for, for, for those of you who have watched the TV show Entourage, it was, it was almost, it almost had that kind of dynamic to it. Um, and so I, my, my senior year was, was most enjoyable. Um, even though I almost didn't make it out of high school. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, you want, you want to know this story? <laughs> Let's, uh, yes. And, uh, you know, give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Um, well, if, if you remember, I told you that when I was a sophomore at, at, at the co-ed school, the geometry teacher told me I, I wouldn't make it out of school. He was almost right. <laughs> um, it was senior year. Uh, I don't remember how much time was left, maybe a month, a few weeks. And it was a really nice day. And I didn't feel like going to typing class. So I didn't. And like a dummy, I went, we had a senior lounge and I went to it and like a dummy, <laughs> instead of sitting, a, there was a window on the door. And instead of sitting like in a different part of the room, I'm sitting right by the window, right by the door with the window. And the guy who taught typing saw me and he opened the door and he looked at me and he went, Mr. Moletto, <laughs> and he waved finger he said come with me and there was another guy in the room and i said see you dad and <laughs> he looked at me laughed he said good luck david i said thanks a lot and i left and we're we were this was this was so this was priceless he and i are walking down the hall to the principal's office the vice principal is walking towards me or t walking towards us and he sees us and he sees me he says hi david i said hi father he said how you doing i said good there were two doors to go into the principal's office. He walked in one. We walked in the other. The typing teacher looked at me and said, stay here. He goes in the back. The vice principal, who just said hello to me, now comes out and says, Mr. Moletto, come with me. Nice. We, start walking, <laughs> we start walking out on the hall. He said, go clean out your locker. I went, what? He said, I want you to go clean out your locker. He said, first, we're going to go see. Remember, I mentioned the big, burly Irish guy. Yes. We're going to go see. We're going to go see Father Gilgallan. Thank God I got in trouble <laughs> because Father Gilgallan and I were really good friends. He was teaching English and we go to his class. Vice principal walks into the class, talks to him. They both come out. Vice principal leaves. Gil is sitting there, standing there, and he looks at me and he says, David? I went, yeah. He said, so why'd you do it? And I went, 
I don't know. It was just a nice day. I didn't feel like typing. And he said, um, did you ask for permission? And I went, no. And he said, so what you did was wrong. And I went, right, it was wrong. And he said, okay. He said, go back to class. Don't clean out your locker. I'll deal with this. Okay. So on Friday, when they announced detentions, um, Gil comes on and he says, detentions for freshman class, sophomore class, junior class. He said, all, detentions for seniors are all canceled except for, and before I say this, I need to add, I had to take a world history class because when I was at the other school, I didn't have this. And it was a freshman. When you were at, at, when you were at St. Vider High School, you took it as a freshman, not as a senior. But since I didn't have it, I had to take it. So I'm in this class with all these freshman guys. And I'm sitting there, and Gil says, all detentions for, for detentions for all seniors are canceled, except for David Mileto. <laughs> and this is on a PA and, system or something? Yeah, this is going out. This is going through the entire school. Nice. <laughs> and, and, and the entire class stood up and applauded me. <laughs> I said, thank you very much. I appreciate, I appreciate this. Um, so I just, I just had to show up on Saturday and I had to mop the floors or something. And he said, when you're done, just put the brooms back and leave. I said, okay. Excellent. So, uh, but, very but, nice. but senior, senior year gets even better than that. Cause we had a riot. Oh yeah. You want this story? <laughs> this one, this one made the cut, made the front page of the Chicago Tribune. Oh, um, we got out early. And there was also another high school in the area, uh, um, a, a uh, public high school. And there were some girls who came by around lunchtime. And when and we were having lunch and a bunch of us came out, went over and talked to them. We knew them um, and they leave. Three o'clock bell rings. A massive riot started. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the the senior class just we erupted. All the lockers got emptied onto the floor. Um, there was an English teacher who there that some guys didn't like, and they went and grabbed him, and they were going to go throw him in the pool. Um, and they're carrying him, trying to carry him down the stairs. And Father Gogalin, who was the then dean of men, who this was his last day. He was leaving. He was being transferred to Las Vegas. And the new Dina men are literally just swinging, knocking guys left, left and right. This was hysterical. And, I mean, this place was, was crazy. I mean, there were guys on the roof of the high school throwing cherry bombs. Um, the Arlington Heights Police Department was called. And it, what was so funny was the chief of police is talking to the principal, and, and their problem was, what do we do with 200 guys? <laughs> how, do, how do we cart them off? Father, Father Gogalin is talking to a bunch, of, a bunch of us, and he says, guys, if you don't mind paying the fine, have fun. What the, what the hell? <laughs> um, everything eventually calmed down, and everybody went home, and everyone had a good time. <laughs> and all it was was just blowing off steam or whatever you would call it. Not, was yeah, it? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't some 
malicious kind of thing. It was <laughs> the late 60s were starting. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I can attribute it to. But because I mean, when when the girls came over, some guys started rocking their car, and it, it's, um, and then like I said, they left. Um, and this, I don't remember anybody. I know that we had um, beer in our car. I know I had beer in my trunk. Because we were all going over to um, the Forest Preserve afterwards to sit around and drink and do whatever. Um, and I know this was all illegal and underage. Okay. <laughs> Sue me. Um, and, but there wasn't ever any talk of how we're going to go crazy when the bell rings. I don't know how it started. All I know is I'm walking down the hall and I'm watching all of these lockers just getting empty. Um, and I went, Okay, whatever, guys. Um, and I, I remember walk trying to. I tried to walk down the steps where they're carrying this English teacher, and it was it was just so funny watching the Fabio Gallen and the other guy. These guys, I mean, these were like middle linebackers, and they're just swinging, and guys are flying. And even they never made it to the pool. I mean, they they got the man, and he was safe. He wasn't harmed. They're, no animals were hurt in this in this production <laughs> of, of Bambi, um, and I mean it was just it was just it was it was funny because <laughs> it it came out of nowhere. Nice, nice. So little little interesting there. That's <laughs> the uh, that just a little out of control and uh, and you know, wow. <laughs> so was that your last day? Is that what you said, or just kind of in that last week? No, that was actually that was the last day. Last After day. that, we graduated <laughs> a, few, a few days later. The uh, so it was like, so yeah. dur during this time of <laughs> craziness and all this, these years that you're in high school are some cool years for for a lot of you know a lot of people focused on the music of the time. There's some really neat things happening. As a matter of fact, some of us you know come back around in popular culture right now. Like I'm I'm loving finding different. Uh, LPs from the time era and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, did, did you have a, did your music's change, any of your music taste change during this time? Or did you have a favorite type of music or was there anything that was kind of, you know, that was that particular sticks out in mind? Because this is a, you know, 64 through 67, there's a lot of things happen just back up just a couple years and 62 and 63. And by 64, it's going pretty strong. What, what were your thoughts about music at the time? Okay, I grew up in a family where um, I heard a lot of Benny Goodman, Count Basie, um, Duke Ellington, a uh, ton of Frank Sinatra, um, and when I was a little kid. And then even when I was still a little kid, Elvis started, right? So that's like 54, 55. Um, and Elvis goes to, uh, into the army. Um, I forgot what happened to little Richard. Uh, I know that, um, Chuck Berry got arrested. And so all of a sudden things start to change and the, the so-called teeny bopper stuff started, which I just never really liked. It was too corny. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, it wasn't like a, what fr Frankie and Annette stuff. I just, the, the beach movies I never liked. Um, I thought they were stupid. 
<laughs> I thought are. they were stupid. I thought they were stupid bad. I don't mind stupid. I just thought they were stupid lousy. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, that when the Beatles came on in '64, I will. I have said this many a time. I was not a fan. Um, I I don't like the song. I I want to hold your hand. I think the lyrics are dumb. <laughs> the melody is wonderful, um, but I just you know n- no, you don't want to hold her hand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for for me, uh, it was more a case of where the music was actually changing, and and you you found a place within it. I mean, I listened to. Um, I like the Dave Clark Five in the beginning. Um, I like the Stones in the beginning. For the record, the rock, and I don't mean that as in what you put it. <laughs> no pun, right? No pun intended. <laughs> no, no pun here. Is the, the rivalry wasn't the Beatles and the Rolling Stones? The rivalry was the Beatles and the Dave Clark Five. Cool. Uh, the Stones came up later. And, and obviously they had the bad boy image and the Beatles had, this is who you want your daughter to marry image. Uh, and thank God that Bob Dylan talked to John Lennon in 1965, I think it was, and said, could you do something about the things you guys are writing about? Because this is like pretty corny stuff. <laughs> um, and... And that in '65, you get the album "Rubber Soul," and that's when I started to like the Beatles a lot. Um, when you you get them from "Rubber Soul," and, and you and then then they just then then it all it just breaks loose. Um, so for me, it was I listened to a lot of blues. I listened to a lot of Paul Butterfield. Um, there was a friend of mine who was a drummer, and um, he he actually introduced me to that. I remember being at a party uh, senior year in high, in high school, I think, junior, one or the other, where I walked into this room um, where the turntable was at, and I was going through albums, and I saw this album called Fresh Cream, and I went, who the hell is this? And uh, so I put, I put it on, and I sat there and started listening to this, and I went, wow. And that's called Hello, Jack Bruce, Eric Clapton, and Ginger Baker, <laughs> right? That's, that's Cream's first album. Um, and so it was, I mean, you get into Dylan, you know, of high, when, when Dylan, God love him, goes electric. That was actually really big news of Dylan went electric. <laughs> you know, the, the, the infamous concert where um, it was basic, there was a big folk song element out there. There, there were, there were, there were students that just absolutely high school, especially college that absolutely loved folk music and they had a purity to it. Um, and Dylan to them was like their icon. I mean, this is, he's this huge figure. And when Dylan comes on, at this one concert, which I which I have, and has this backup band that is elect has these things called electric guitars and amplifiers, and Dylan has this thing in his hand that is no longer acoustic. <laughs> they hated it. It was like he has sold out. He has sold his soul, 
And there's there's the wonderful line, and you may have – I wouldn't bleep this because this is just a great line of where they're booing him, and Dylan looks at the band and says, play it f***ing loud. <laughs> yeah. Just – and boom. So you get Highway – his album, Highway 61, you get Blonde on Blonde, and – I, that's the, the thing that, that is now starting to happen of where you're not listening to 45s anymore. You're not listening to that single song. You're listening to their albums. And the album would get discussed. I mean, it's like when Sgt. Pepper came out. I mean, you just would sit there and you would you just would sit there and listen to it over and over again. You went through the cover of, okay, who are all these figures on the, who are these people on the cover? You would try to figure all this stuff out. Um, so as you got, at least for me, as I got older, what I listened to, the, the hearing, the spectrum got broader. And that was one of the things that was beginning to happen. I'm going to, I'm, trying to keep myself away from 67, 68 when things get really rich. But there, things were beginning to expand. Um, and, and so, you know, your, your hearing pretty much did. Interesting. The, uh, yeah, and it's cool because, I mean, right now, I mean, all of, you know, everything that you're talking about is very, very popular with, uh, with lots of the, the hipster crowd and young people, millennials and, uh, and uh people in our age bracket are going back and finding those albums and such and making it uh, popular again to the point where some of those groups they're appearing in you know their names or the bringing up them as characters or, or appearing in stories and so forth and it's just kind of interesting the uh, um, you know and it, it's interesting to hear hear what you were doing and what you thought about at the time frame because lots of it I mean you know some of those folk groups are pretty cool listening to them and uh, you know were you ever able to understand Dylan was, or is it <laughs> <laughs> hey, the times are changing. Oh, you! Oh, you mean that way? Was I able to understand? No, we. Every everybody I ever knew used to laugh about Dylan because Dylan can't sing. <laughs> but but that's not. But that was never the point with Dylan. I mean, no, it's it's like you don't buy a Ferrari. You don't you don't buy a Ferrari hoping you're going to get a trunk. <laughs> yes. You know. Yes. I mean, Dylan is not about. His, his singing voice. It's about his lyrics. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, which I've also thought was, was kind of funny. Is I never knew anybody who really understood what he was singing about. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, it's it's funny when you listen to, to pop songs, it's usually like, you know, they write two or three lines and they sing them over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> Dylan, that ain't him, right? right? I mean, you're listening to this story that he that, that he's telling. Um, and you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, did I ever, ever understand? I, no, I mean, it's like, you can't understand Jagger when he's young and you're not supposed to. I mean, I right. think that's, part of it. I don't think you're really supposed to understand in some cases what, what, what they're saying. <laughs> I love it. I, the, I, Beatles, the Beatles you did, cause the Beatles actually became songs that you always sang along with. I mean, I don't know anybody of my era who didn't sing to Beatles. A Beatles song would come on, and you're singing with it. Right. And I, th I think we all know where the oh comes in <laughs> for many of their songs. So I like that. I wonder how it looks on the lyrics. Anyway. 
So good stuff. Thanks for sharing there. I, and since we're talking about music, I got to go into TV for a minute because I know that you didn't, you know, TV wasn't really that much of your world, but you know, th- this time frame once again, have over the last bunch of years, they've kept some of these shows that were first run in the early to mid sixties into the late sixties that were first run. Then they've kept them alive where people still think that William Shatner should be 33 years old. And that, uh, you know, how, how in the world does, you know, Adam West not still around and, you know, just all these different uh, people. And, and, and for all we know, there's still uh, the castaways stuck on the Island. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> um, did you, uh, did you watch any of those shows? I mean, my my favorites from that time frame, I can watch them. I will stop and watch them if I see them on Star Trek, Gilligan's Island, McHale's Navy, Lost in Space, Get Smart, Batman, a whole bunch of others. I mean, we talked about the Munsters versus the Adams Family and stuff like that. I mean, did you have Did you watch any of those shows when they were on? Did you, did you have any that you you just would watch? I ac- I actually had to when when I saw that question, I actually had to do a little research. Okay, what the heck about <laughs> Um And so as I sit here thumbing through some of this stuff um so like ed sullivan was actually a big deal on sunday nights especially i mean because presley was on there the beatles were on there so i mean he was smart enough to know that he would give his audience he knew his audience so he would give something for the adults and he would give something for the kids and it starts with with elvis um and then in 64 i don't know anybody who wasn't in front of there when when the Beatles were on for the first time. Uh, and and then you get the infamous Doors, con- you know, when the Doors were on the Ed Sullivan show and they came to, the story goes, they they, they go to, to, the, to the band and say, okay, when you sing Light My Fire, you can't say the word higher. <laughs> and they said, if you say the word higher, you're never going to be on it again. Well, we all know what Morrison did. And the infamous comment afterwards was, hey, we did it once. Who cares? Why do you, you don't need to do it twice? Um, and so looking at shows here, like we watched The Fugitive, um, Combat. Um, I used to love razzing my sister because she had a crutch, crush on the, the guy Cage. Um, Perry Mason was one of my father's favorites. We, all, we always watched that. Raw, the westerns, rawhide, um, gunsmoke, gunsmoke, black and white, uh, early fifties before the early fifties, late fifties. Some of those stories are really dark and fascinating. Um, so, uh, like I said, yeah, watch the Adams Family. I, I, I really I got a kick out of that. Uh, in the summer of 67, I think, there was this wonderful show on, have no idea what it was about, um, and it was just what they used to call a summer fill, something like that, called The Prisoner, um, that was absolutely fascinating. Like I said, I don't know what it was about. I don't know anybody <laughs> who does, but it was really cool. There, the Fugitive was was a big deal. Um but I have to, as, as the years went on, as I got into my junior and senior year, I didn't watch a whole lot. McHale's Navy and F Troop were funny. I uh, love, um, love those two. Rawhide, you know. Yes. Um, I mean, the theme song alone. Um, oh, the only thing I can say about the Donna Reed show is she had absolutely great legs uh, when she would come <laughs> walking down the stairs uh, in the opening. The Wild Wild West, Hogan's Heroes. 
the Smothers Brothers is the beginning of letting you know that things are starting to change um, when the Smothers uh, Brothers show comes on. Be- because this is an Italian household, we definitely had Dean, the Dean Martin show on. <laughs> nice. Um, um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I Dream of Jeannie simply because she was just so pretty. Um, what else? I'm looking. Andy, oh, how can I, how can I forget Andy Griffith? Uh, black, Andy Griffith, black and white. Black and white. He goes the color you can have him, black and white. Um, let's see. Like I said, the monkeys I didn't watch. Uh, do, 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 do. What else we got here? I, that's probably pretty much it. Because like I said, when I was a senior, um, boy, I don't think I watched, I don't think I hardly watched television when I was a senior. I was either I was either doing homework or I was out. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that though, because it's kind of cool. It's cool because lots of these shows and lots of them that you mentioned, they've they've had you know oh. increased livelihoods over the years. What's that? How, how, I, I, how can I forget? I, I I was watching it last night. Route sixty six. Nice, nice. With that, with that absolutely superb theme song. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting looking at the storylines from that time period looking back at it because you know when i was 13 14 years old i sure as hell wasn't that in tuned um but it's interesting looking back at the storylines that that they used and how penetrating some of them were uh also noticed a lot of uh, reference to God, which is which was really interesting, um, and just to existence. I mean, it, it one of one of the the Gunsmoke shows that that I found absolutely fascinating. I don't I don't even know if you could get away with this today. Is there was an episode where this guy was innocent and. Marshall Dillon tried to convince the judge that he was innocent. The judge wouldn't have anything to do with it. And Dillon's got to take him to Hayes City to be hung, knowing the man was innocent. Wow. And this guy's, this guy's going to get hung. This is not going to have a happy ending. That's the thing. I mean, and you see Dillon on his horse leaving, and you hear the thump wow. of the body fall, right? right. And, and you see him just going off into the sunset kind of thing, knowing an innocent man has just died. That's the one of the things I found interesting with Gunsmoke, looking back at some of these, was there's a lot of them where the endings are not happy. Right. It's the good guy didn't win. This is, this, this is, a, sad, this is a sad story. Um, and I think they should probably do more of that nowadays. Of, of where, because, because not all endings are happy. Yeah. I mean, in, in actual life, not all not all endings are happy. One of the um, one of the memories that sticks in my mind is from a Gunsmoke episode where uh, they killed the pet, um, the bad guys do, and okay. uh, and for some reason that just sticks. I, if it's one of those nightmares that'll pop back in my brain, I I must have seen it when I was like, who knows, six seven years old, and uh, but it was the bad guys kill the pet as a warning to the the family to get off the land or something like this. And uh, it was, uh, it's, you're right, that was a darker show than, than most people remember when they think about uh, Marshall Dillon and Festus and Kitty and all that sort of stuff. 
and 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 Chester. Yeah, they they yes. just think it was sort of a lot of you know fun shoot 'em up kind of stuff. Um, but you, I mean, I remember seeing episodes where the bad guy, wow, he killed her. <laughs> he killed her. I mean, you're not used to seeing women getting shot, right? Um, and it's like, wow. Um, you know, that they would go places that you wouldn't think they would go. Even when you looked at some of the lighting, you know, it almost has that film noir kind of look to it. Um, with with some of them, um, I, I I mean, obviously, color was a big deal. Right. Uh, when color happened, they would even say, and now presented in living color. Yeah. <laughs> I go back and I look at it and say, I'm really glad Route 66 is in black and white. I just, I'm just really glad that that TV show never made it to color. Um, Andy Griffith in black and white is so much better than it is in color. It loses, it loses that fantasy to it that it has in black and white. Now you've given it time. You you leave it in black and white. It, it's kind of a timeless place. Right. That's why people can enjoy it today. Well, I know that's uh, the same feeling goes with like. Uh... Shows like um, Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and some of the oh, yeah. the Alfred Hitchcock TV show stuff, where oh, yeah. in black and white it has that different, it has that shadowy sort of feel to it, and uh, you know when the the way they would uh, um, put makeup on them and then use the lights to, I mean, you really got the feeling that this person's sweating something out, and you know it's just interesting. But uh, I agree with you there. Let's hey, let, let's shift gears from uh, TV and let's let's talk about this. Did you have a job when you were in high school? Sure did deliver furniture for my father. Very cool. So you did. You drove a truck, or you just uh, packed up the truck and helped deliver it and that stuff. No, it was really cool. Um, I'm, I started working uh, at eighth grade when I was thirteen. Um, and it, in fact, one, one I remember my brother coming to pick me up one day after after class. He said, "Dave, we got a carpet to deliver," um, and it was rolled up. But we had a Ford Country Squire station wagon that it was amazing what we could get in that in, in that car. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, throughout high school, I, I worked for my dad. Very cool. Now, i got to ask you, did that uh, Ford Country Squire station wagon have fake wood on the side? Sure did. <laughs> nice. What, okay, you got to tell me, we got to get into some more details here. Because one of the things I love about that car, love about uh, the Country Squire, because my dad had one in the early 70s. And... Uh, um, was that it had an incredible air conditioner. They, uh, they, they, they knew how to, for some reason, Ford knew how to build the air conditioners in the early seventies, but did, so what color was the actual car itself? Was it, uh, cause I, was it, I a, think it was, it, I think it was, I think it was, if it wasn't white, it was beige. Uh, okay. Cause they made some, they made some like lime green ones and they made some, uh, baby blue ones. And I just, I was curious about that. So my, my, bro go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so in working with the, um, in doing the job and stuff like that, was that, did you also, was it weekends and after school or was it just on after school time frame or what? It was after school weekends. Gotcha. You were going to say something. I'm sorry. I didn't just interrupted you there. No, I was going to say, my brother told me that they actually started using a, a, a Jeep, a Willys that Jeep made. Ah. Uh, uh, and, and that's what they started with. And then dad got the Ford. Because my father loved Fords, um, and and he got the Country Squire. Had a great engine, a three ninety. Oh my, that thing just hauled. Nice. As for air conditioning, I don't know because we always had there. We never had anything closed. 
<laughs> so it makes no sense to put air conditioning on. Drove with the windows down. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, the windows are down. The back is open, right? <laughs> right. I mean, we're, we're filling this thing. We've got stuff in it. And we've got stuff on top of it. Nice, nice. The uh, very cool. So, so that's going to lead me since we're talking about cars. When did you get your first car? Did that happen in high school, or is that something afterwards? Not until I went to college. Uh, okay, we'll save that one then. We'll save that uh, that for when we get there. Let's stay in the high school time frame. Um, so, and before we get out of this this mode of nostalgia here, I mean, I want to make sure everyone remembers you're you're a big baseball fan, and you were then. Um, any great memories or games from this time frame? No, I just remembered every time we took. I, I hated it. <laughs> Nothing against my mother. Um, but every time we took my mom, we always had to leave at the seventh inning, especially if it was a night game. Uh, <laughs> it was like, Dad, come on, no. Um, and then ironically, <laughs> I went to the Sox were playing Boston on a Sunday. Um, and I took the, 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 the young lady I was going out with at the time, wonderful, wonderful lady. And we went and um, it went into extra innings. And I can't believe I did this. To this day, I can't believe I did this. We're sitting there talking. It was like, you want to go? So we left. And we left. And I think it was like in the 11th, 12th inning when we left. <laughs> and when we got home, I, I got her home and her dad said, wow, you two really saw a great game. I was like, uh-oh, what did we miss? <laughs> Yes. And I don't remember what the ending was, but it was this, you know, one of these walk-off things. And it was like, oh, my God, what the hell did I leave for? <laughs> nice. Nice. She just, she just looked at me and she said, it was your idea, not mine. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. Excellent. The, and I never did that again. <laughs> I like that. That's good stuff. We had, um, I, you know, I'm in Atlanta and we in, in the uh, in Georgia and we have the the Atlanta Braves and uh, they've been on a roll lately. And the last couple of games have all gone into extra innings and stuff like this. And and the cool thing is the Braves have been winning, whereas in the past they they probably would have you know kind of destined not to. And it's been nice to see that. But it's funny what you're talking about because one of the games it it just you know sometimes they seem like they're not coming to an end, are they? <laughs> <laughs> nice. The uh, so one of the things that I want to make sure that I I do here is let's talk a little bit about some family stuff. You know, we're you're uh, it was a pretty good sized family. Both your both your parents had uh, a couple of siblings, and uh, um, they had children and stuff like this. And and I know that some of them moved away and things like that. But were there ever gatherings where you guys got together that you attended? I mean, you know, uh, what was that like? Did you ever kind of come together that were you know four happy times and you know, not not talking about well, funerals Christmas, here, but <laughs> Christmases we always went to my mom's mother's house. Um, there were a lot of dinners here on Sunday dinners here um, were kind of common. Um, I, I mean, I remember her her sister uh, would come over. Her aunt, jo, my aunt Joe's son was a priest, and. I remember them coming over uh, for Sunday dinners a lot. Um, I remember going to a lot of funerals. Um, this is, I was born into an old family. Um, and so, I mean, you know, being around death has not been uncommon for me. And, but um, 
No, I mean, I, I, I just basic big, you know, dinners were, like I said, were kind of commonplace. Nice. Did they, did they like, uh, did like your mom cook the meals or did they come over and help her cook the meals? Oh no. If you came here, my mother did it. Yeah. And if you went there, they did it. Gotcha. So these, these were, these are people who actually knew how to cook. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, um, it was, it, okay. This is still kind of within high school. Um, it, it's at the end of it, but, um, I, I went to Rome at, at, after I graduated from high school with my two cousins, the priest and, and another one. And, um, Bill and I are sitting there having, I, I think it was breakfast or whatever. And we were sitting there talking and he said he had this idea for a restaurant where he wanted to have all of the Chingalani sisters. That's my mother's family own and kind of run it of where each sister would have their specialty of what they cook. And I looked at him, I said, it wouldn't last five minutes. And you said, you got to be kidding. <laughs> I said, you're going to put the, all of them in one kitchen. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's not going to go. That, that isn't going to fly, man. Sorry. Is that like too many Except chiefs? For, the- well, that's, that's the typical, there's too, too many chefs in the kitchen. That's right. just not going to work. Um, but what was funny was his mother is, it was the only sister that couldn't cook. And he said, so I'd have her out front. <laughs> I, I said, this is just not going to go over. I said, you tell them and see it and, and see how fast they start laughing at you or throwing pans at you. I mean, come on. <laughs> you want cool. us to do what? <laughs> That's cool. The, uh, now you know, I, they, they, all, they all knew how to cook and they were all very good at it. My, my mom's father was a master chef and that's where they learned. They learned from him. Oh, very cool. I did not know that. That's awesome. Cause I know I have fond memories of eating her cooking. I mean, that was, uh, she's amazing. She made, you know, everything, uh, just all the meals, but of course the, the aromas that are sticking my, my head are the bread and, the you know, I'm watching her, seeing her, um, with the pasta machine and all kinds of stuff like this. And, but the, uh, very, very cool. And I know that, uh, you know, and I remember the two of them make your, your dad and your mom making chili, um, a couple of times, which was yeah, interesting. That's one on me. I've I've never I've never seen that one in my life. That's that you got one on me. Well, he had he had had a pot that he had made extra hot. It had like all kinds of uh, peppers in it. <laughs> okay, that means he made it. Yes, that's what Not I'm saying. Her. Exactly. Okay. He, and okay. She, and she he had made it. He right, and she had hers, which was different. That was a and so I was pulled between which one do I have the most of? Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> I didn't want to offend anybody. So uh, I enjoyed chili that day. Uh, that, was, that was one of those days I came and visited when I was in college. The uh, I definitely definitely was not here. <laughs> no, you weren't. I think you're visiting someplace else. But anyway, the um, but I remember cooking and all that sort of stuff. And you're an awesome cook. I mean, it, did you did you start cooking at this time in high school or uh, is nope. it, did that just come later? Nope comes comes much later gotcha i in high school i, I couldn't boil water <laughs> nice i can make toast and, prob- and probably didn't want to either I, so I, uh, <laughs> well and uh, those I, of your listeners I, I, I was your typical high school kid that I, I ate a lot of probably when i was out i ate a lot of junk <laughs> gotcha that's funny the uh and what's funny just as to my listeners i mean this is this is coming from someone who is i mean he's an amazing cook and all kinds of 
cool stuff that he makes from his own pasta to sauces to every, all kinds of different foods that he makes. And uh, they, uh, including some incredible pizzas that are just amazing. So, but with it's, that, it's fun. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, but so it comes later. So we'll, we'll, we'll pick up down the road with that one then. But uh, I, I can remember the household though. Um, just the aroma of uh, cooking. And it usually wasn't just, you didn't have just like when she cooked, you didn't just have like a dish. It wasn't like just, you know. No, you did not. No, you did. You, you came to eat. That's, that's what I thought. I didn't think I had funny memories about that. I th- I mean, when I say that, I mean, I thought that my memory was very true and kind of like, oh my gosh, there's more. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, actually, when you think of it, it, it was, it was actually, I would think a, a typical meal of where you had you had a main course, you had vegetables, you had salad. Um, we didn't we didn't have desserts all the time. Um, that was that was more sporadic. But every everyday meals for us was. There was a, a salad was made, a vegetable was made, and there and there was and there was a main a main course. Well, she was an ama- amazing cook, and I just know that it was. Uh, um, yeah, she was. Well, I'll, give, I'll definitely give her that. She would, you know, she was very good at it. Yeah, it was fun to to visit in those times. Cool. So, so what I'd like to do is we're kind of we're starting to get to the end where we're going to have to um, bring it to an end for today, our visit today, and. What I'd like to do at this point is just kind of shift gears, because when we come back next time, what we'll do is we'll pick up a little bit where we left off. We're going to talk about being the child of Italian um, immigrants and uh, some of the uh, the interesting things that you ran into, um, some good and some not so good <laughs> of the time frame. But uh, what I'd like to, uh, to kind of do is let's shift gears here and... Um, one of the things that's going to happen um, the next time is we'll we'll pick up from there and then we'll we'll shift with you graduating from high school and going off to to Texas, maybe going to school, maybe not. I don't know <laughs> to college. And uh, uh, but before we do that, I want to remind everybody that you're you're an artist and you've got this work that you've got going right now. And uh, what I'd like to do is. Uh, um, just kind of share with listeners again, kind of the help that you're looking for. You've got this pro. You've got this act. This this big work of your your life that you're doing and uh, you're looking for some help with some uh, making it come come alive kind of sort of thing can you uh, kind of talk about that some the thing that I've, I've found interesting is what is always what has made sense to me is I thought I, th- I think it's a natural fit with schools where they might do internships or where they would collaborate when I thought of like the School of the Art Institute of Chicago or what I thought was would be a really good fit, and I've spoken to people there at the uh, EVL, the Electronics Visualization Lab, which is part of the University of Illinois Chicago, of where a, a collaboration could work out, could be created between the two of us, or if they did internships, um, I mean, I looked at, at what the student would be able to learn from the work that would be done. I was able to do a brief internship, and, and the guy who was building some of the objects um, using 3D Studio Max, right, so we're now going from analog to digital, uh, was fascinated by the objects, and he told me 
how much he was learning from having to build these. You know, he said, okay, I've got to figure out how do I do this? How do I make that? Um, and that's, that to me is what I've never understood why that kind of connection can't be made. Um, that one to me seems to make more sense than, than any of them. Unless there is the possibility of finding, say, like a small company, you know, where there's a few people who do this kind of stuff of where we might be able to work together. Because what what I would need is somebody who who would finish building the objects of taking them from the analog world and putting them in the digital world. And then I would need someone who would either tutor me how to do the really important step of where my three elements are woven together. So you're going to have to, I would have to learn how to do motion, camera angles, um, things of that nature, of which I have the time to do. I mean, working on this 15 hours a day for me is like a walk in the park. Um, so yeah, I mean those are the those are the two avenues that I've tried to find without any success, to the point of where I called um, a school in your neck of the woods, um, SCAD over in Savannah, and spoke with the head of the gaming department. Because to me, when I look at what people who create games do, they are creating. An environment. They're creating this illusionary 3D environment. Um, and <clears throat> I looked at what I need to do, and it's like, okay, we're kind of in, in a similar plane in that you're not, if you're creating a game, you may be building trolls and, and castles and moats and stuff. Okay, in my case, you're building these architectural structures. Different shapes, but same principles. And now we have to create an environment to put them in. Same kind of thing. You've got to create an, a world for your good guys and your bad guys and, and the castles and stuff. And so I was talking to the head of uh, the gaming department over at SCAD in, in Savannah. And I told him, I said, I keep running into brick walls. They won't... Schools have always, from my experience, have always been very closed, closed-minded places. They are worse in the year 2019. And I keep running into walls that they love to put up. And he said, well, I'm going to explain to you your problem. He said, you're coming to them with this art idea. And he said, and they don't really care about that. He said, I'm going to tell you what my job is. He said, my job is to make sure that these students learn these tools well enough so that when they graduate, they can go out and find a good paying job to pay back their student loans. He said, that's it. He said, that's pretty much across the board what our jobs are. He said, it's not about you have this idea thing that you want to do. Well, we really don't care. 
And he said, that's why you're running. And that's why you keep hitting these brick walls. That's why they're all saying, if they say anything to you at all, it's why you're, you're hearing that word no all the time. He said, my guess is they're either saying no or they don't even respond to you. And I said, you're spot on. I said, that's what I'm getting. So in asking for some assistance, you pretty much are looking for someone who can uh... – who is good at uh, using a, some sort of way of rendering a 3D object in and uh, well, the first, the first the first thing that that is needed is someone who's really good at building. I mean, uh, Matthew, who I worked with, which was an intern from uh, a school here, um, who no longer they no longer do it. In fact, <laughs> in fact, uh, Lord, I hate schools. Um, in, in, in fact, um, the, the, the guy who I met who tried to help me with this closed the door to me because when he asked me what I thought of their internship, I told him the truth. And <laughs> he didn't like that. And that was it. It was called goodbye. It was like, Jesus, then why? Don't ask me my opinion. Then. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm the one person, if you want to know what I think about something, as I used to say, as I used to say to somebody, God lover, you want me to lie or you want me to tell you the truth? Take your pick. Um, and if you want the truth, you're going to get it. Um, but I, what I need is I, is I need somebody who's really good at building to build the object. So like Matthew came here and he worked in 3D Studio Max, right? You, some work in 3D Studio Max, some work in Maya. And this is part of this work that I don't need to learn how to do. I already did it. I already built these things using illustri illustration board and a, and, a, and a mat knife. I don't need to do, do them again. So I need somebody to finish building the things that he didn't. From what I learned from that experience was you then need somebody who knows how to render it, who knows how to bring all the textures to it, if there are figures that need to be done, if there's like, in, in some of these cases, there's drawing work that needs to be done. You need to, you need somebody who knows how to do that. Once you get all of that set up and the piece is finished, then they can render it out. The rendering is, is last. So you, you build, you build the structure. Um, if the structure has textures to it, you apply the textures. If there are figures there, you create the figures. If the figures in, in most of my cases, there, there is like, like the, the, the lady, the model in this has, has her coat on. And so there, there's that, that, that has to be applied. Once all of those things get done, now you can render it. Did that answer your question? Yes. So, okay. so uh, looking for someone who uh, might be willing, whether it's Maya or what was that other program? Uh, Matthew used three Studio Max. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with both. Um, I mean, because I did research into this stuff for myself, right? Uh, and I would. I was leaning to. I if it was me, I I would I would gravitate towards Maya over Studio Max. But that's kind of you know that's kind of like. Fords and Chevys, you know, whichever gotcha. one you prefer. And so, in but, that, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm done. Oh, I was just going to say, and so, and they may have something else in that uh, expertise area. So it, it just, so we got a shout out for you, which is basically if you, uh, if you have some thoughts about uh, how you might be able to help or know someone you might be able to reach out to, it'd be awesome if you uh, 
could uh, contact him. So, David, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, email address of dgmaletto at gmail. Excellent. dgmaletto at gmail.com, and I'll have that in the show notes as well. So with that being said, um, what I want to do is, is bring this episode to a close, and we'll, uh, we'll you know, stay tuned, same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> see, how, see what I one, did there, right? One thing, if I may add, yes. um, in regards to the work, I've looked at tutorials, and tutorials and me don't work. I mean, right. we're, 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 yeah, we just, we just don't mesh. I got you. Um, I'm better with human beings. I got you. So, so keep that in mind. He's looking for someone who can help him. Might be up in the Chicago area or uh, where they could c- connect and uh, figure out how to uh, how to make this happen. So, be a good uh, good project for you there. And uh, so, hopefully, uh, some of you can reach back out to him. And and what I'd like you to remember is that um, as we're talking about uh, you know this discussion with David, I'm a huge fan of students learning how to use primary sources. And what we have here in this discussion is. Um, David was a child through the um, mid to late 50s um, and a teenager in the mid 60s and uh, going into college in the late 60s, early 70s. And so you have all these experiences that are going to happen at that time. On top of that, being uh, a child of uh, of Italian immigrants and uh, all kinds of other things and in the big city of Chicago. And eventually you're going to hear with with uh, him shifting cities to to uh, just a small little town called Dallas <laughs> and all these uh, other uh, events that take place in his life. So great primary source information. And uh, we'll talk about uh, um, using primary source information a little bit down the road. But uh, David, just thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. You're more than welcome, sir. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.